Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks over at HypeBot.com. Bruce was our guest last week. It was a great conversation with him. Yeah. Got a head, lot of great head, head over to HypeBot every day. That's where you pick up all the latest happenings. As we as we yep. joked last week, things change every day in this industry, and HypeBot's on top of it. So absolutely, thank you, HypeBot, for everything you do. Um, we had to do some rescheduling of some guests who are actually um, dealing with some South by Southwest stuff. So yep. we're flying solo here. And I thought what we could do is take a um, answer fan, a little viewer mail. Viewer mail, exactly. We get a lot of a lot of questions come in through the YouTube channel, which is great. Um, we may not read, uh, or we may not read on the air or respond to everything, but we read them all. Absolutely. Um, this one um, was from episode 354, The Importance of Having a Budget for Your Next Release. And Ashworth Wiltshire wrote, Can you guys talk about another dirty subject, return on investment as related to the budget? Always appreciate your content. Thank you. Ashworth, thank you so much for the question. Great question. And and you know what? It is. It's another it's another dirty word. It's another dirty topic out there. You know, what's your return on investment? And and I kind of would like to maybe see if if you want, Jay, let's expand this into return on investment and what is a success? Yeah. Because we, I get that all the time. I, I, yeah, I see that all the time where, where people, fans, everybody's like, well, that was a success. That wasn't a success. And I'm, at the end of the day, there's many definitions for yeah, what success is. How do you determine is. what's a success? And, and the only people that can say that are the people who are in the band, the artists themselves. Everybody around them watching from the outside has no idea what's important what the goals are what right. what they're hoping to achieve so again yeah. um success doesn't mean you know a number one billboard debut a success doesn't mean you know necessarily getting gold and platinum awards somebody might say the success for me is simply recording this and getting it released and seeing my fans reaction sure. that's all they want sure. There, yeah. Not everything is 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 tied to a financial hard number when it comes to success. Yeah, that's why it's hard with ROI, return on investment. It, it's so hard in the music industry. You know, we tell people all the time: if you're looking for real ROI, you're in the wrong business. But having said that. You, you just hit it on the head. You and I have talked about, you know, when you start talking to a client, you ask them, you know, about the narrative. But one of the most important questions is, you know, what's your vision? What are your goals? And there's so many different goals and they're different for every single client. Some people want accolades, right? They want a Grammy or they want to be, you know, if they're on a smaller level, maybe they want an article in the local, you know, news magazine or paper, um, they want to be on the radio. Everybody has a different level of success. Some of those have financial ramifications. I, I work with one client who his goal for the longest time was to be able to get two to 300 people in any club that he played across the country. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a big milestone to be able to play basically any market across the U.S. and know that you've got a couple hundred people who are going to show up uh, to pay to see you play. And it took him almost five years, but he got to that point. And that was a level of success 
for him, right? That was, mm -hmm. and there is some ROI in that because people are buying merch and they're buying tickets and things like that. But measuring success, as you said, I can't measure success for you. Um, you need to set those goals and let me know what would what would constitute a success for you. Right, and 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 the challenge, you know, uh, the the challenge with ROI, return on investment, is two of those three words: investment and return. And and frankly, I think you know as well as I do, so many clients, the majority of clients don't come with an idea of what to invest. True. And therefore they don't under they don't have any concept of what they want to get from that investment. Right. So that that that's part of the challenge there. You know, if you if you're really coming in and saying, I need to measure my ROI, well, then let's talk about your finances first. How much money have you got to spend? What are you going to spend it on? How long are you able to spend this? Yeah. Um, you know, what's, you know, in, 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 in the startup world, what's your burn rate? How much money are you burning out every month just to, to keep your, your career alive before, before you become profitable? Because sure. the truth is, in the simplest terms, being a band, a musician, an artist is no different than starting a restaurant or a business on the street. It's very rare that a new business day one comes out of the box and is m profitable. Sure. It could be years before they're profitable. Took years for Amazon to be profitable. So so you you need to understand how do you how do you survive until you become profitable? How much right. money is coming in versus how much money are you spending? And yeah, the, and are the, you on a path? To, do you, yeah, do you have a path to what your goals are? So it, it it is challenging because so many artists just like I just I, I recorded my album, I love the music, and there's like no thought into goals. What do they want to accomplish? How much have they got to spend? How long are they willing to try and make this happen? You know. Um, are you willing to put two years of losing money month after month into this until you can break out? Because, you know, yeah. if, if you're starting with nothing, it could take you six months of just spending money on Google ads to build a fan base before you can even sell to them. Yeah. Do you have the investment to make that happen? And, and it becomes even more difficult when clients are like, well, no, I don't have that investment. I got enough to hire you. But I don't have enough to do anything else outside of you. You know, I can't yeah. buy ads. I can't do anything. Yeah. Well, then it's really going to be tough to get you a return on that because you're basically asking for a return on no investment. And I don't want it to sound like hiring people like us is not an investment. It is. But we put it's part we, of it. It's part of it. But but we put work in, whether you sell zero units or 100,000 units. Right, the, 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 It's the same amount of work. It's a lot of luck that has to happen and the stars have to align and everything's got to be, the momentum's got to be great. But just hiring somebody isn't something that you can sit there and go, okay, so what's my return for hiring you? How many tickets are you going to guarantee me in every show? 
I can't right. guarantee people buy tickets. Right. I can do everything possible to put it in front of people and make people sure. aware of it. But, you know, cracking open that wallet is the most difficult thing yeah. to do. Yeah, and there is no return. You know, even when you're with a major, you can't say, you know, I'm going to get on this many playlists and it'll generate this much revenue, or I'm going to get on this many radio stations and then I'll sell this many more units. But I can tell you, even though there's no guarantees, there are some best practices that you and yes. I talk do about every, every week. day. The first one I'd love to touch on is PR. Now, you publicity doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of dollars a month, although it can be. There are professional companies out there that charge a lot of money, but it depends what level you're at. But I have found that PR is a good investment um, because a good PR agent can get you stories in you know from everything from blogs online to you know the pitchforks and billboards of the world to long lead press to even some of them can get you on tv shows local news shows local television shows all the way up to some of these larger tv bookers i found that a lot of these publicity people kind of have the same rolodex but there's the really inexpensive ones who will just basically blast your stuff spray out in an email. Yep, spray and pray. They'll blast it out in an email. They'll send the info, and then they move on to something else. And whatever they get back, they get back. And listen, it's inexpensive to do that. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's not the best thing to do, but if you're limited in funds, it's better than not doing and, it. And, 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 and I would add it depends on where you are in your career. If you're brand new, nobody has heard of you. You know, a spray and pray might not be that bad because frankly nobody's heard of you anyway. Right. And 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 you might look at that PR campaign as nothing more than I'm planting the seeds for 5 years from now. I want my name to be recognized by the media. I don't expect that they're going to do anything right now because I'm a nobody that they've never heard of. It's my first album. I've never toured before. They don't care about me. But my plan is I'm going to be doing this every year for the rest of my life. So five years from now, when I send it out, I finally want them to go, yeah, I remember these guys. Man, they've been active. They've been, let me check this out. So yeah. The, the, so it's different for where you are in your career. If you're an established artist who's been around for a long time, spraying and praying also may get you something just because you're established. Just because people go, oh, it's a big name. I'll just take it. But there's a reason to talk about you, to talk with you, to talk right. to the publicist. So, yeah, um, yeah don't, don't discount it, but... You got to have different expectations. That what it, that's what it comes yeah. down to. The expectations for a cheaper spray and pray campaign can't be the same as if you were spending three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> right, right. And you know these larger PR firms look. They deal all the time with these TV bookers and with these large magazines. And if once you get to that level, of course that makes a lot of sense. But there's a lot of indie. PR people who do a hell of a good job and get your music in front of the right people. <clears throat> and one of the ways that I found that's been really successful for them is to not go after 
the standard music publications primarily. They'll, they'll find out about you. Are you into guns? Are you into fishing? Are you into drag racing? Whatever as an artist. And then there's tons of publications that they can go after that are non-music related that can help you. So a good publicist can help you. But, but that, that, that sort of stuff is what you pay more money for. Yeah. Because they may have to go out and spend time researching a new market. They may have to build a new media list of people in that market. Um, they have to follow up with phone calls and emails to make that pitch. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. So, you know, e even with something like PR, you know, people will go, well, what's my ROI if I'm going to spend 3000 am, am I guaranteed to get that? And yeah. the answer is no. 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 no and, 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 any, anybody who guarantees you anything on your investment? Go the other direction. Go the other direction. Because yeah. you can't, yes, publicists have, and, and this kind of, not just publicists, but everybody who's on your team has their yeah. relationships. And they yeah. will leverage those relationships and they can pick up the phone and they can push and they can ask and they can plead. But at the end of the day, they can't make somebody add it to a playlist. They no. can't make somebody it's write so a subjective. review. They might not like your music. Yeah. You know, we took uh, an artist recently to Apple Music and to Spotify. Spotify loved it. Put them in big playlists and really got behind it. You know, did some canvas ads and all sorts of great things. Apple Music liked their earlier material and didn't like the direction they were going in. It's an editorial thing. Some people are just not going to get your music, maybe initially, you know, and it's, it, there is no return on investment that you can put your finger on with publicity. But like a lot of things, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think you need to put yourself in the fan's um, shoes, that fan mentality. And I think that artists that do that succeed. And what I mean by that is if somebody really likes your music, do they have a, I mean, do you have a website that they can go to and kind of, you know, learn when you're going to be playing and contact you and see what you look like? Is your music up places that they can find? And one thing that I think a lot of people miss is I can't tell you how many shows I've gone to where I've seen some band that I didn't expect to see. Maybe it was the opening band. And I'm like, wow, these guys are really good. I go to the merch table. There's no music. Yeah, you can't buy a um, CD for 10 no. bucks. And exactly. And yes, I can find them on Spotify and stuff, but I may forget by the time I get yeah. home, you know, sometimes I want to buy something, maybe to have the guy sign it while they're there. Or just, just to be able to show the support for the band of like, Hey, I got, I got in free because, because I, I was on the guest list, but you guys blew me away and yeah. great job. And here's 10 bucks, you know, I, right. I could go buy another Jack and Coke or I can give you 10 bucks <laughs> and I'd, right. I'd rather support the band. Yeah. Um, you know, something that's really important for discussing ROI, especially, and goals, is it is history. So it becomes, becomes easier to discuss your ROI and, and, and estimate ROIs when you've got a history. When, when you can go back and go, okay, well, you know, we've toured for so many years. We've done so many releases. And, you know, we've sold this amount of tickets or we've sold this much at shows and merch or we sold this many albums online and we sold this many through iTunes. When you have those numbers historically, you can, you should, 
better be looking back at all of this as you're planning yeah. your next attack to yeah. go, okay, historically, here's what we did. Here's what I could estimate we can do next time. I mean, I'm talking with one client right now who, we, you know, we just launched a, a new website for him. He had no historical data for past websites. So we had no idea what kind of visits he could get. So now we're just building this data of, okay, well, feasibly, how many people a day could come visit your website? And based on that, let's look at the other data of how many people per day are visiting your website and then clicking to go to your store, and then how many people per day are buying merch out of your store. That's the sort of stuff that will give people like you and I more ammunition to make better estimates of an ROI. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if you can't tell us anything historically, we might as well just make it up and it's just as accurate. And but yeah. we don't we don't want to do that. That's just misleading you. So, you know, that's why we're always like, well, you know, do you know how many albums you've sold in the past? Do you know how many tickets you've sold at that you've played that venue eight times over the last six years. What's your history of selling tickets there? What's your history of selling merch at the merch table? Has it gone up? Is it going down? What, this is why it's important to track all this. And and yeah, what are they buying? Is it it music? Are they buying merch? Is it expensive things? Are they buying a black t-shirt? Are they buying the eight by 10? Um, I find a lot, I don't know about you, but I find a lot of bands just don't even bother tracking historical data like that. It's just, you know, they've been around, they've been doing this for 10, 15 years and they have no idea. Yeah. Well, how much, how many albums could we, you know, okay, let's press CDs for you to sell on the road. How many CDs did you sell on your last tour? I don't know. We, I don't know. Well, you know what I'm finding, Michael, is some of the younger bands that I'm working with are so much more savvy that not only do they know exactly what they're selling, you know, like per person, per club that they're playing at, um, one of them keeps this really great spreadsheet of basically everybody they meet, all the club owners, what, you know, what they need for that particular venue, you know, if there's a somebody there to sell the merch for you, or if you have to supply someone, what percentage the club takes, if any, and keeps track of all of this. So tour after tour, when they roll into a town, it's like, hey, Joe, you know, I know we're going to do about 30 units tonight. Here's this. They pre-sign them. You know, it's a it's a well-oiled machine, and they can tell if they're kind of underperforming. They can look at seasonality and look at weather, and there's it's so easy to look at the data now that if you're not doing it, then you're missing an opportunity. You're, you're, you're really doing a disservice to your career. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was just talking about earlier this week on, on my KISS podcast um, per head because, you know, always yeah, KISS. It's KISS, a big metric. KISS has always had a big per head. And, yeah. you know, there might be some people out here like, what are you talking about? So right. th- this is a metric that the biggest artists, and, and I mean – you pick the biggest artist in the world, and this is a metric they are tracking on their tour. It's very, and they track their competitors and they too. pack competitor. They it, it this is something you really need to do, it's even down deal. to the coffee shop level. <laughs> so basically, it's it's real simple. How many people are in the venue? Mm-hmm. How much merchandise did you sell? Do a little math. Here's the average spend per head. $2, $5, $20, whatever it is. 
And, and this data is tracked for every show, every tour, year after year yep. after year, that it's gotten to the point where these big international artists who have been touring for 40 years will know, I'm going into Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we know with 90% certainty that we'll be able to sell 2,150 black t-shirts 250 tour books, 55 black caps. Yep. And, you know, that, and, and, and to your point, they don't overstock then. There might be yeah. inventory sitting on the truck, but you don't right. haul it all in. You don't count it all out. You bring mm -hmm. in basically what you need. And because you know that's what you're going to sell. And right. that's really important for you in doing your business moving yeah. forward. At any level. At any level to know, because, you know, we I talk with a lot of clients. It's like, well, okay, you know, you're doing this all on your own. You're not going to get a record deal. So you the cost on producing CDs or vinyl is on you. Well, you don't want to go out and just do a run of, let's give me a thousand. Well, based on what? Well, it's because that was the price break. Well, again, based on what? You know, yeah. you don't want a thousand of something sitting in your mom's garage for the next 10 years because you only sold 200 of them. This is what lets you decide how to wisely spend your money yeah. and to be pretty confident on what your return is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I know that with um, this per head thing, I've been in these conversations where artist managers, the good ones, the ones that have been around a while, the ones that you and I have worked with, they'll say, oh, that venue, uh, we're $110 a head. Yep. You know, they, they'll know exactly going into it. And then if they overperform or underperform, they're asking the questions, why? Did why? we get some new merch in that oversold? Um, was was there, they, did it snow? Was it, exactly. you know, I, I, I've, I've been at shows where it's like, you know, unexpectedly it was the basketball playoffs happened in town that night and boom, that took away half your audience because they're at a bar watching the playoffs instead. Right. Things that are out of your control, but things that impact you that you need to understand so you don't freak freak out and get pissed at the venue or your manager or somebody and say, fuck you, you know, we didn't, yeah, we yeah. lost money, it's all your fault. Well, no, here's the reality, you know, you were here a year ago and you did this, you were here yesterday and you did this, but guess what? The Super Bowl happened. Yeah, or the final episode of somebody's favorite show exactly. or, or some, something some, you never even could plan on. Exactly, or, you know, a major snowstorm hit or power went out. Some, there's so many things that can happen, yeah. and you need to make those notes and understand what impacts yeah. your business yeah. because, again, that impacts your ROI. And, yes, you do want to kind of have – as your career goes longer and longer and you get more and more data and you get bigger and bigger, ROI becomes more important and easier to deal with. Mm -hmm. Again, you've got data and history to track. Yeah, yeah. You know, one area that I get a lot of questions about um, is uh, taking music to radio. And I get the same comments, which is, you know, um, it costs this much to take it to these formats. Um, I want to invest that, you know, how many ads am I going to get? What kind of airplay am I going to get? How many spins am I going to get? And 
there, there are no guarantees. And radio is one of those things I have a lot of artists hold off on uh, for a long time. And yes, there are some formats that aren't super expensive. And yes, there are some indie people there that I admire and work with. But if you have a limited budget, um, I would go with PR before I would go with radio, typically. Um, and I think there's a lot of other things you can put your money into if you have smaller budgets and maybe hold off on radio for a bit um, because there isn't a clear path to profitability when you come to radio. Well, radio is, is very much like press. You're going to hire a radio promo person, and he's going to put the work in whether your song gets added or doesn't get added. Right. So you're paying well, him regardless. There's no paying you based on getting per ads. station There's, ad and no no right. you know maybe maybe there's bonuses in there but the basic retainer is that's right you're paying whether nothing happens or everything happens yeah just like and, PR. and just like pr you can't guarantee somebody's going to add it um but you know going back to what we just talked about having historical data i would sit here and go okay did you do a radio campaign for your last release Yes. Okay. Um, how who many ads? Who who played you? How many ads did you get? You know, you you look at all of that data historically, and I can sit down and go, okay. So if we do it again for a new release, here's what you could expect. Now, hopefully, there's a percentage improvement because you've been around and you've got some more story, some more recognition. But at least you're not going into it flying blind when you are blind, meaning you've got no history, you haven't been around, you just have no idea. You, you, yeah. you can sit here and go, yeah, I'll spend $2,000 on a radio promotion effort. And, you know, everybody's like crossing their fingers. Let's see what we get. What's the first report? Right. Um, you just don't know. No, no, you don't. And it, it's it's really hard these days because there's a lot of people who are preying on young artists to take their money. For example, you and I have talked about some of these playlisting companies that promise you that if you pay them money, that they're going to get you on playlists. And some of them are some user-curated playlists uh, full of a lot of musicians like yourself, so you're kind of breathing your own exhaust. But anybody who promises you they can get you on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, whatever, like curated playlists, um, it just doesn't work that way. And they, they can't, and they'll take your money, and you'll think, oh, okay, well, if I just put this much money into these guys to promote my songs, you know, at playlists, you know, that's not a marketing plan. And even if it was successful, it, you know, you get taken out of a playlist, and you don't have anything underneath it, you're dead in the water anyway. That has to be one small part of your plan. But I think we would both agree to be to tread those waters very carefully when people promise you for a certain amount of money that they're going to get you onto playlists. Well, as as you said, anybody who promises you anything, just turn around and walk away. It can't be promised. Simple as that. You cannot guarantee a review. You can't guarantee an interview. You can't guarantee a radio ad. You can't guarantee a playlist ad. Um, I can't guarantee you the opening slot on a tour. I can't guarantee you Saturday, night, Saturday yeah. night at this 
prime venue. I can't guarantee you 5,000 sales in the first. It can't be done. That's not how it works. It, it, it's, a, it's a career that you build over time. It's, it's a career that you look at historical data and go, how did it work a year ago, two years ago, five years ago? How are we different from what we were back then? Um, and, and all of the factors that go around it. I mean, as, as you were talking about radio, if anybody's been involved in radio long enough knows, you know, everything could be set up perfectly and all the stars are aligned. And two weeks before you're ready to go for your radio ads, a huge artist drops on the same day as you're going for radio ads and mm-hmm. blows you out of the water because they get all of the ads, not right. you. Right. And I've also seen it where you're planning to drop your big power ballad, you know, and then all of a sudden the week before somebody else drops a power ballad and now the radio stations aren't going to add any more of those no, I, at I, the it, time I mean, or whatever. You, you, you've been at record labels that have been on that side of the, the talks, but I've worked with artists. I remember a few years ago when I was working with Accept, uh, they pushed their new album release back because they had already set the date and started promoting it. And then all of a sudden Judas Priest said, we're releasing a new album on that same day. And everybody's like, maybe we, maybe we push our album back a week, two weeks. So we don't don't get overshadowed. We don't get overshadowed by everything being Judas Priest. That happens Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's smart. I think it's smart to be that nimble to, to do those things. And you don't always have that, that luxury, right? You you don't, and you know, I, I I we we laugh about it because it is so commonplace. But you know, for the new artists, they freak out. They're like, "Oh my god, that's just going to kill everything!" And it's like, "No, calm down. Do you want to go head to head with you two, or would you rather have it next week where you're the sole person out there getting all the tension?" Right, right. You know, and and from a record label side, I'm sure you're sitting there going. Yeah, we had no idea what our competitors were doing, and all of a sudden they just dropped a new album. Quick, yeah. product product team, we gotta we gotta brain trust on this one because we've got to move everything. Right, and there's two schools of thought on that. Uh, at some level, when someone drops a huge record and people are going into retail and they're going onto the streaming services and they're you know they're looking at this, sometimes a rising tide can lift other boats. So if you have something that is um, maybe not the same type uh, of music, but just something that appeals to that audience, sometimes you can actually get a lift from that that you wouldn't normally lift or get. And then there's also you know that overshadowing effect that we, we see often where sometimes all the attention goes to somebody else and you're, you're left adrift. So it can kind of work both ways sometimes. Yeah, you know, and... and, and- it is something like that is something you've got to have a meeting with your whole team about because it can greatly impact a publicist and their PR efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're competing, if they're trying to push you for the cover and all of a sudden a bigger artist is coming out at the same time, the bigger artist might get the cover and now you get nothing. And, you know, PR might go, yeah, let's push it back. I can That's get a it good in. point. I PR can get, is I can, huge. I can get you in yeah. the next month's issue, but I can't do this month because all of a sudden, again... Judas Priest has got a new album coming out, and and yep. they're going on the cover of, of whatever magazine, or they're getting the front page on the website. Yeah. You know, so th- all of these things. There's a lot of things that you have to juggle 
yeah for a yeah. release and it's very challenging for an artist themselves to do all the juggling that's why having team members yeah assist you can be very beneficial we're the ones that are going to sit there and go yeah don't worry about it i'm looking at your stats and let me just tell you your web stats yesterday were through the roof and here's what i'm seeing and blah 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 if you got some questions, let me know. Otherwise, I'm paying attention to this for you. Yeah. You know, Jeff and I always tell people, you don't have to hire us, but you need to hire somebody. Now, in the beginning, that could be your girlfriend and your dad and, you know, having this street team around you, right? And it all comes back to the ROI question. Um, but as you start to grow your base and if you want to be successful, you're going to have to invest a little bit of money. You, you are going to have to bring in people who specialize in what you and I do, specialize in PR, maybe eventually radio, um, but online advertising, distribution, there's all sorts of different things. You don't have to tackle that on day one. You start kind of surrounding yourself with your own team, but all these things that we're talking about, there's a cost associated with it there's a you know there's a pro and a con there's a, a return on your investment on some of them and some of them there isn't and by being aware of that looking at the data and kind of keeping this stuff on paper where you can kind of look at it and talk about it i think that's where you win you know and keep in mind sometimes return on investment is nothing more the return is nothing more than peace of mind could be yeah that that can be very important that Hey, guess yeah. what? I'm busy being the artist, and my investment means I don't have to worry about all these behind-the-scenes numbers and data because you're doing it for me. Yeah. And that makes me comfortable to know somebody's yeah. watching it. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know, surrounding yourself with good people um, that you can hold accountable, that then you've got 10 brains out there instead of just your own. It's so hard being an artist today with recording and writing and playing live dates, that's that's always been there. But now you've got to do socials, you know, you've got yep. to do your blog or your website, and you've got to look at merch and all these different things, which is great. But surrounding yourself with competent people and keeping track of what things cost. And like you said, there's a record, you know, whether you've played 10 dates or 10,000 dates, there's a record of what's worked and what hasn't look at that record or start keeping that record now if exactly. you haven't been start writing it down start do it somewhere. never too late to start never too late to start because that information is knowledge and power yes there you go so good answering a, a listener question if yeah, you've got if you've got comments or questions leave them on our youtube channel we read them and we'll you know We'll pick some of them out and we'll turn them into episodes Appreciate it. here. Yeah. So and go visit HypeBot. Yeah, HypeBot, Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We're out of here for this week. We'll see you next week.